Howdy. This is Ken Williams, the weed assassin from Ringer's Landscaping. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. Ooh. $51,000 in cash and wonderful prizes. Danny Seymour might play Santa Claus to you tonight. And he might fill up your stockings with that 51 grand if you can identify the phantom voice. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. 20 years and counting as Chicago's go-to deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Sunday morning on Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 847 475 1590. On Facebook and Instagram at The Mike Novak Show and at Mike Now on Twitter. And here they are. She's lean and he's green. Peggy Malecki and Mike Nova. Okay. There we are. Oh my goodness. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I like it better because you got the silhouette. So that's yours. Is yours shows off a little more. See, I would have to do this, and then uh, I, I'm finding it hard to breathe. I can't figure out what's going on here. Is this something in the room? Is it? Hey, folks! Uh, if you're Hello. watching us live on Facebook, are we streaming it? Uh, we are. We are supposedly streaming. Uh, we're going to find out. Uh, it, there's something new this morning. Good morning, everybody. It's Hello. the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. That's Pe- Peggy Malecki over there. Uh, a sonar is in the building. There's a sonar sighting. Hey, there we are. Oh, my goodness. We have two cameras. You're not going to believe this. And later in the show, we will have three cameras. I mean, what it is, it's like Good Morning America on the radio. Uh, on Sunday mornings now, you can tune in and get close-ups and count the pores on our faces and things like that. Is I'm it? losing my nose. Uh, the, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yikes. <laughs> well, maybe i got to put it on until people, till they, they log on. I'll, I'll keep mine on just a little bit. Uh, we're, we're entering the 21st century uh, and, and basically streaming on Facebook with more than one camera. So we don't just have that wide shot anymore. We got... Uh, close-ups of us so you can isn't it exciting to watch talking heads Ooh, Ooh. i mean that, that's why they called it the group back 40 years mm-hmm. ago because that's what so nothing's changed in 40 watch years watch out you might I get mean, what I'm you're not, after i'm not gonna do any uh acrobatics here or anything okay so i'm looking there so where is my camera is it that one is it it it's not the straight ahead it, camera no there's two cameras yours is oh. the middle one all right I, it didn't look like it why was i okay now I'm looking. I don't know. And now it's behind, and now I, I we're not in real time, so you're, yeah, it's, it's really distracting. Yeah. And, and what I'm seeing on my computer isn't matching anything, so this is going to be interesting. This will be very <laughs> I don't have a feeling we better not look at the, the, uh, the, the video on the screen. So if you're watching live on Facebook, there are two places you can do this. You can go to the Mike Novak Show on Facebook, or you can go to 
1590 WCGO on Facebook. Uh, actually, that's where it originates, and now we share it on this the week. mic. This week. We're going to change that. That will change yes. next week? So okay. no promises. So, that- all right. This is just this is a, a, a new deal. Uh, all right. I'm, oh, I'm taking that off. Oh, and I think I, I'm taking these, these guys <laughs> oh, off. Oh, come too. on. you got to keep those at least all right, to the break. All right. All right. I'll keep those under the break. All right. And then... And then I'll get rid of them because if our guest sees this, that <laughs> we will not be taken seriously at all. Uh, today, uh, a great show. You know, here it is, the 17th of December, and you'd think we would just be coasting in. No, no, no way. No, 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 Even no, though no. neither of us has had any time during the week. Peggy's been putting her magazine out. you got the January issue coming out, right? January issue goes to the printer Monday. And that's because... Next week is a holiday, and you yep. can't do it then because nobody will work for you if you do that. Yeah, they show up Friday. They're already in, de- so in delivery Friday. She, so she's been working all week getting uh, Natural Awakening Chicago out to press. Uh, I've been I, – I, my, my work is less serious. I'm out caroling at various places. We were at Illumination last night at the Morton Arboretum and on Friday night, and I will be back tonight. Uh, and, uh, you know – it you got to make people happy too mm-hmm. during the holiday season. So that's busy. That just sucks up. You can't imagine how it sucks up the day because if you're driving out to Morton in Lyle, you're leaving at three p.m. and then you're not back till ten. And everyone's and on the road. It's at three a seven hour on a Saturday. It, you know, three hour gig. It turns into a seven hour day. It's just that's just the way those things go. So. Which means that um, I was up till 2 a.m. writing the blog last night. Isn't that exciting? I think exciting? I saw a 206 timestamp. Is that was the timestamp? <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. Oh, well. And what I discovered last night is that it's harder to get up when you've had four hours of sleep than it is when you've had eight. I don't know if folks realize that. It's, wow. Yeah. Did you? Wow. Well, the have, things you learn on this show, I Randall. know. It's like... <laughs> Oh, well. Uh, so anyway, at the top of the show, we have Adam Fetterman, who's done this report. He's an author for The Nation, and um, he has done a, a series of reports called The Plot to Loot America's Wilderness. Terrifying stuff, actually, about how the oil and gas and even the uranium industry mm-hmm. um, interests uh, want to just take our natural areas and... Make them theirs. Make them, well... You and know, make money. Set up drills and set up scaffolding and set up derricks and stuff like that. We'll talk to him. Then in the second hour... We have a congressional candidate, Ooh. Beth Vercolio Osman from Cedar Valley Sustainable Farm in Ottawa, is running for Congress. She's going to be here. She's a friend of the show already. She'll be here with Whitney Richardson from the Logan Square Farmer's Market and the Kitchen Community. Great show. Stick around. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Ego Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at organicrootsecosalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. 
Here's the bad news. One out of every six Americans doesn't know where their next meal will come from. So what's the good news? You can help. This year, instead of decorating your holiday table with flowers, use an arrangement of fresh, uncut fruits and veggies, which can be then donated to a local food pantry. Share a photo of your centerpiece with the hashtag AmpleCenterpiece, and you could win a $50 gift certificate to Gardner's Supply Company. Go to ampleharvest.org holiday to learn more. Let's face it, sometimes we overdo physical activity. That's when to give Dr. Bonnie Flaster a call. Dr. Flaster is a chiropractor who treats back and neck pain, but addresses foot, knee, shoulder, and wrist pain too, all with gentle, non-force adjustments. And she'll talk to you about your problems and work with you to devise the best treatment strategy. Find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. What is this, anyhow? This is your talk. This is America, Jack. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Merry Christmas, everybody. No, Merry Christmas. And a twisted New Year. See one of the one of the things about the goofy holiday carols is that they're like time machines. You, <laughs> you get an idea of what people were doing back in the '60s, and it's it's by the humor that yes. they use. So welcome to <laughs> and the, the, welcome to 1963 and the words that were cool back then. Uh, twist Santa twist, yeah, uh, right, like um, um, like groovy, uh, but that comes later. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, it's a Sunday, December 17th. Next week, uh, just let you know, and we'll tell you a little more about it uh, in the course of the show. We're going to actually just have fun, I think, next week. We'll be doing my 10-minute version of It's a Wonderful Life, which I call <laughs> It's a Wonderful Slice of It's a Wonderful Life. Peggy will be part of that. I think Ron Calgill will be in. Bill Turk will be in. Um, we're going to just drag as many people. It's going to turn into playtime with Sid and Bill and Carrie Kendall because they always bring a bunch uh-huh. of people into their studio and do live theater. Well, that will happen right here on the Mike Novak Show as well. And Bill will probably bring the eggnog or something. Uh, or beer or something. <laughs> He'll, You know, that's the way Bill rolls. That's Bill. Uh, but be, but uh, to start the show today, we're very pleased to have on the phone with us, uh, and I want to make sure, Adam, that I pronounce your last name correctly. Is it Fetterman or Feederman? Fetterman, you got it. Fetterman, okay, right. That's what we thought. We were, we we checked some other. You know, one of the things you find out about radio is, I mean, you can write a name down, but then you got to learn how to pronounce it if you're going to be on television or radio. Um, and and sometimes you get to an interview and you realize, ah, oh, we never did a pronunciation check on that. Uh, Adam Fetterman, who works for the Nation who writes for The Nation magazine, uh, has put a series of reports together in an investigation called The Plot to Loot America's Wilderness. If 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 you're paying attention at all, and, okay, and folks listen, who listen to this show are obviously fans of nature. They're fans of the sacred places in America. And according to the investigation that Adam has written, that stuff is basically up for grabs 
right now. Is that a fair characterization, Adam? Well, in terms of public land in the in the United States, uh, yeah, I think what we're seeing from this administration is a, a stark departure from uh, not only the last eight years, but uh, from land management practices that have been pretty much standard for the Department of the Interior uh, for, for decades. And, and what we're, the result of that is, in fact, uh, huge tracts of land across the West and, and in Alaska are being offered up uh, to the oil and gas industry, mm-hmm. uh, both, both on and offshore. You know, it, it's really uh, striking. And, you know, it, it, obviously we're in the early sort of months of, well, you know, of this administration still. So it's, it's hard to, to know exactly where things are headed, but we can certainly see the, the outline. Well, we're in the early months, but as you write in your piece, the, the plot to loot America's wilderness, uh, they're moving at lightning speed to, to release, to let go of uh, veteran uh, civil servants in the uh, Department of the Interior, the Bureau of Land Management, which is part of the Department of the Interior. This is all happening very quickly because, as you quote one of the people there, and and that, and I want you to tell us more um, about James Kaysen. But as you quote him, he's 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 cognizant of the fact that you only have so much time. You might think you have four years to do this, but. Elections change things every two years, and so he's moving very quickly to to put his stamp on the Department of the Interior, isn't he? Absolutely. And, you know, what, one of the reasons why I profiled Kaysen is, is because he's a veteran of the department. He, mm-hmm. he started there in the 1980s. He it was with uh, James was, Watt. Yeah, you know, he served under Watt. He then uh, served under Gail Norton uh, during the George W. Bush years. He's incredibly effective. He knows the department inside out, uh, and he's not alone in that regard. There are several folks from the Bush, George W. Bush years who, who worked at Interior, uh, and I think that they form kind of the core team of, of insiders uh, running the department. Uh, and, and as you say, they, they have moved quickly and, and, and quite effectively in, in implementing their agenda. You know, you talk about the 80s, and some of us have been around long enough to remember that and to remember some, you know, when you bring up the name James Watt, it, it just makes me shudder a little bit. <laughs> uh, and, and, and the problem is that there are a lot of folks listening now who don't remember those times. And one of the things I've noticed, and I, and I want to get into, way, into the ways that they're dismantling some of our protections mm-hmm. of our, our lands, but we got to get somehow into the idea. There's two, there's two ideas here. One that in the later 20th century and now the early 21st century, American government doesn't make smooth transitions anymore. We lurch from one philosophy to the other and back. It's and that can't be good for policy, uh, especially for. Uh, the kinds of lands that you're talking about in America. So, for instance, we have a very conservative government, and then we have a very liberal government. And although the that's I have to use air quotes for that because when we think liberal government, we really don't have liberal governments there. But sometimes the people on top um, are 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 not as conservative. Let's put it that way. And so we lurch from 
Clinton to Bush, back to to Obama, and then way right to to Trump, and the rest of the world has to be looking at us and going, "Whoa, who? You know, what's going to happen next year?" Mm-hmm. And and it seems to me that can't be really good for um, uh, continued policy. What right. Th- well, I think one of the things that that I think what you say is is true, and the, the sort of swinging of the pendulum has always defined American politics, and and I think uh, within a, a certain um, uh, spectrum, and what we're seeing now is uh, that the pendulum swinging so far in favor of of industry that uh, the, the the damage may be irreparable. Uh, I, I think that one of the things to keep in mind in terms of these federal agencies is that career career civil servants obviously uh, they they stay through these various administrations and and I think that part of the reason why these uh, executive service employees are are so crucial is that they do provide a certain level of continuity mm-hmm. uh, between administrations so that things are not completely upended uh, and and with the Department of the Interior we we've seen a, a real attempt to kind of up upend that uh, career uh, that uh, upper level management in in you know a, an effort to to reshape the department and its its policies right yeah. and and that's and that actually takes me to my second point adam uh and this is my own philosophy it's it's i don't it just kind of comes out of my observations and then reading what you wrote that uh what you're referring to the career uh, uh folks in in these mm-hmm. departments are sometimes known pejoratively as the deep state um and the but but to some degree these are the people that keep the ship running smoothly regardless of who's in the white house and who's in congress um yeah you could go ahead you wanted to say something well it, it, it's just it, it's somewhat amusing the, the notion that these that these career folks represent the, the deep state because when you actually talk to them you know most of them are, are rather apolitical they're you know it, it takes a certain kind of person i think to to devote themselves to this kind of of work in in uh the federal government yeah. for for their their lives and, and to serve under you know to serve under clinton uh, and then to serve under bush and and to have no problem with that to to be able to faithfully execute the uh you know the the orders of of that administration and and most of the folks have are are perfectly comfortable doing that. Now, I think what we're seeing with this administration, with their crackdown on science and basic uh, uh, processes, is that there are people who are saying, whoa, this is too Mm -hmm. far. You can't basically suppress certain kinds of evidence and information because you disagree with it. You know, that's where I draw the line. Yeah. Uh, And I I would argue, uh, and I think you've alluded to it already, that basically these people are patriots. That they enjoy uh, working for the government, they're proud of it. They, you know, they're good at their jobs, and that's why we need those kinds of folks. So they wouldn't be there. They wouldn't be there otherwise. Yeah. So let's 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 move on to uh, what is happening now, specifically in the Department of the Environment. I'm sorry, <laughs> the Department of the Interior. Not the. No, we know there's a lot going on. We can get another reporter on and talk about the EPA. Mess. The EPA. <laughs> Uh, but in the Department of the Interior, I think, that, you know, obviously the big headline recently was 
the reduction of the size of the Bears Ears National Monument in Utah by 85%. But that's just symbolic of what's happening, isn't it, Adam? It is. And we're seeing uh, similar kinds of, of efforts to open up public land, you know, really across the West and in Alaska. Uh, they this, Just this past uh, week, they had oil and gas lease sales Mm -hmm. in a number of Western states, Utah, Nevada. Uh, And and what we're seeing, actually, is that the BLM is removing certain restrictions that they had used frequently in uh, oil and gas lease sales to limit development in areas that are considered uh, ecologically sensitive or, you know, culturally rich. If there's prehistoric rock art or something like that, they would defer those leases, which means they're not completely taken off the table, but they're they're taken out for a couple of years so that the agency can do a uh, more rigorous analysis. And what we're seeing now is that, that those kinds of deferrals are, are becoming less and less frequent. In Nevada, in fact, the state office instructed uh, a field office to, to, to no longer use them at all. And, you know, the, the amount of acreage being offered up at uh, rock bottom prices is truly um, eye opening. And we're seeing, you know, Nevada just had a sale of, of almost 400,000 acres. Um, there was a, a lease sale in the National Petroleum Reserve in Alaska, mm-hmm. 10 million acres. Next March, the, the department's going to have what they're calling the largest offshore uh, oil and gas lease sale in the country's history. So, I mean, it, and of course, this is all happening against the backdrop of uh, climate change and the, the real, uh, you know, the, the, the fact that we, we probably need to be <laughs> moving in the other direction, not, not opening up more and more uh, land to fossil fuel development. And it seems that at the moment, because this is at the behest of our own government and and they're relaxing the rules that have been in place for a while, and and as you note in your article, there had been a balance struck uh, between industry and conservationists, and they were, you know, it might have been a little unwieldy, but it was working. Uh, the idea that the the industry could come in and say, "Hey, we want to we want to exploit these minerals here. We want to mm-hmm. exploit the gas and oil here." Conservationists say, "Well, not right there, but how about if we mm-hmm. give you this?" And you know, there's this this there's this no ho- negotiation, right? The horse trading was going on, and that has just stopped, hasn't it? It has, and I think it's important to dispel the myth that that the Obama administration was somehow anti oil and gas. I mean, Department of the Interior has always managed land for, uh, you know, manages mineral rights for, for development. And, and that was the case under Obama. The, what you're referring to, these, these master leasing plans, was an attempt to bring together various, uh, various stakeholders, industry, conservation groups, federal and state agencies, to develop long-term plans to manage areas that uh, are sensitive, you know, near national monuments or national parks or, or highly valued recreation areas so that, that – so that these kinds of conflicts didn't uh, play themselves over and over and over again. Uh, and, you know, what, what, what ultimately ends up happening is that if, if this kind of planning is not in place, uh, there's a lot of litigation, uh, you know, and I think that the department was trying to develop a, a system, you know, that would avoid that kind of, mm-hmm. of conflict for industry mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, it, it, it was in its early stages, and in some places they did finish these master leasing plans. And, and in, uh, you know, in those cases, it seems like they, uh, they were successful. But they take, they take time, <laughs> they take thoughtfulness, and they, you know, requires bringing these people together to, 
to develop, uh, you know, long-term uh, plans for, for public lands. Uh, I, I will take a little issue with you. I would phrase, I would put it differently. You said dispelling myths. I would dispel the myth that uh, o- Obama was a uh, tree hugger in some ways. You know, it's it's like, depends. What, what's your viewpoint? How mm-hmm. are you looking at it? Because I think a lot of people think that, Hey, you know, he was he, he saved this land, but he was uh he was uh doing some drilling himself and we uh we have produced more gas and oil in the last 8 years than we had before and so it's 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 sure. again your point of view. Uh, by the way, that's uh Adam Fetterman from uh The Nation magazine. If you go to my website mikenovak.net, you can see uh several of the articles that he's put together, The Plot to Loot America's Wilderness. There's another one that I was looking at. Uh, this is how the Trump administration gives big oil the keys to public lands. Um, all right, I assume you're planning to do more of these, that you're continuing to follow this. Yes, I, for the at least for the foreseeable future. I'll be continuing to report on uh, Department of the Interior, mm-hmm. uh, public lands, and, and also looking at uh, some of what's happening at the, the Forest Service, which is actually part of the Department of Agriculture, but, but also manages a... a a sizable chunk of, of uh, the country's public lands. Yeah, I, I want to get into some of that as well. I have some experience with the National Forest Service that, <laughs> that I will tell you about. Ah. Uh, when <laughs> right. we when we come back from uh, the break, uh, we got to take a, t- a couple of minutes here. Uh, again, Adam Fetterman from The Nation. Uh, if uh, you're interested in commenting, uh, give us a call, 847-475-1590, or you can write on The Mike Novak Show on Facebook. We're at Mike Now. Uh, on Twitter, and uh, we hope you jump into the conversation. we got two cameras in studio today. It's a little disconcerting, I'm sure. <laughs> the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We will be right back. Chicagoans are looking for ways to get healthier in 2017. Hi, I'm Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakening, Chicago's greenest and healthiest local magazine. And if you want to reach this growing wellness market, you need to get your business in front of our 80,000 monthly readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us our targeted readers are committed to improving their health and taking action. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, integrative doctors and dentists, nutritionists, health and lifestyle coaches, yoga classes, green landscapers, even home improvement and energy efficiency experts. Our dedicated readers pick up their free copies each month from more than 1,100 locations throughout the city and suburbs because they know it's the best source for information about healthy, green living in Chicago. Call me today at 847-858-3697 to learn more. That's 847-858-3697. And check us out at nachicago.com. Natural awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. Are you ready to take your holiday giving to a new level? Get involved with the Give Healthy movement. Here's how it works. You visit the webpage of the drive you want to support. Pick out the food items you want to buy. They'll deliver them for you once the drive is over. You get a tax receipt. Folks get healthy food. Boom. Done. They'll also work with your organization or food drive. Go to ampyourgood.org or givehealthy.org for details. After a big party is over, the people get to go home, but all the decorations get thrown in the trash. That's why there's Random Acts of Flowers. 
RAF collects flowers used at weddings, memorial services, and community events, then repurposes them into beautiful bouquets to deliver to people in healthcare facilities. It's a small and simple gesture, but when you see the smiles on people's faces, it's more than worth it. To learn more, call 847-430-4751 or go online at rafchicago.org. Afternoons have never been smarter. 1590 WCGO. Smart Talk for the North Shore. Christmas time is here, by golly, disapproval would be folly. Deck the halls with hunks of holly, fill a cup and don't say when. Well, as long as we're being cynical. <laughs> Mr. Lair? <laughs> yeah, let's bring in Tom Lair. I'll play more of that later. <laughs> Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Very pleased to have on the phone line with us Adam Fetterman from The Nation magazine. Uh, he's doing an investigative series called The Plot to Loot America's Wilderness. It's something you really should know about, especially in Chicago, Adam, because we don't have that sense of what's going on in Utah mm-hmm. and and some of those lands. I'm, I know there are people here who've been out there and they've seen Bears Ears, but it doesn't ha- it doesn't have the same urgency as it does for the folks in the state of Utah. And and some of this is is couched in states' rights. Um, what do you – how do you view that yeah. when, when people use that argument, states' rights? Well, it's a, it, it, it's a convenient way to uh, – I think for, for states to try to, um, uh, you know, take some of the uh, – authority for managing public lands away from the federal government, which is, of course, uh, legally authorized to, to manage these lands. It, it, it makes for a, a perhaps, uh, you know, um, compelling argument, but, but it, it's, it's misleading uh, legally. Mm-hmm. And, mm. you know, I, I think that it's, it probably plays well in some of these local communities. Yeah. Um, but, but it's a real, it's a real issue. And, and, you know, it's something actually that I'm looking at for a, a future story involving uh, wildlife management, mm-hmm. um, you know, which has been hugely controversial in, in several Western states in terms of how predators uh, are, are dealt with and who has the authority to, to actually manage them. And I think one of the interesting things that we're seeing is that, you know, Zinke has made a big sec- uh, secretary of the department, Ryan Zinke, makes a big deal of the fact that he, you know, opposes the transfer of public lands from the government to the state. You know, this is one of the things that he's made a kind of a stand on, and it's something that conservationists and the hunting and fishing community has uh, felt was a sign that he would be uh, perhaps a good steward of public lands. But what we're actually seeing is seeding of authority from federal agencies to to states, and, and, and that is something that's been going on for uh, quite some time, and, and under this administration, is only accelerating. Mm-hmm. I, when you when you talk about states' rights, and as you're doing your research, one of the questions I hope you will look at is: Has uh, do states in general provide better protections for our natural areas than the federal government? And and somehow the states make the argument that we're closer 
So we know it better. We'll protect mm-hmm. it better. And I've never seen that to be the case. And I'm sure there are exceptions to that rule. But in general, it seems to me that that is not the case, that they are not better stewards. They're just mm-hmm. they're better, better exploiters of these areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a great question. I, I you know, ideally, there's a, a, a partnership between the federal and state agencies. They have to work together to manage wildlife. Uh, and of course, wildlife doesn't know uh, the public uh, federal land versus state, you know, so there, in terms of dealing with these issues, you have to have a, 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 a kind of a synergy. These agencies have to work together and coordinate their efforts. But what we what we're seeing, especially in terms of wildlife management, is, is states uh, taking the lead and the, and the federal government essentially acquiescing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 and I think you're, you're right to say that in many cases, states do not often um, do a great job of, of uh, managing ecosystems. Yeah. And, so, and of course, a lot of their revenue comes from issuing permits for hunting. So yeah. that, right. that often gets prioritized. Yeah, revenue gets in the way of it has to be a profit center. And that, that was one of the things I had seen in, in a lot of the information that was the Department of the Interior is now trying to become a profit center. Yeah, that's one of their talking points. You know, they're they're talking about bringing in as much uh, revenue as they possibly can to help you know offset these uh, backlogs and maintenance and, yeah. and fees at national parks and that kind of thing. But um, you know, it seems to be in the context of of enormous budget cuts, it it, it makes you wonder how um, sort of uh, uh, genuine. <laughs> they are well. Yeah, here's a, here's a, a, a prime example, uh, and you've alluded to this in your stories. One of the areas they want to open up is uh, Anwar in 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 Alaska to uh, draw oil and gas drilling, and yeah. what they're talking about maybe a billion dollars a year coming in from that, and they're saying, hey, that'll help offset the uh, the deficit. And when you're talking about 1.5 trillion dollars, that it's insignificant, and so it's just a uh, an abuse uh, of that area, given that it really isn't going to bring in that kind of money. Exactly. And in fact, there was just a lease sale last week in the National Petroleum Reserve, which is mm-hmm. uh, close to the Anwar, yeah. uh, up on the uh, north slope of Alaska. And, and the, there were just a small number of bids, and they brought in, you know, very little, in fact. And the conducting these lease sales, preparing them and everything else is is you know, requires obviously energy and resources, and they're devoting um, more and more of those resources to oil and gas leasing. So you do have to wonder how wisely, uh, you know, is that a wise use of, of taxpayer dollars? Yeah. So, Adam, you were referring in our break to a strategic plan from the Department of the Interior, and you said that you'd seen a preview of it? Yeah. So we, uh, I got a copy of that strategic plan, which I, I don't even think it's been. Uh, issued yet by the department, but it should be before the end of the year. And this is a, a broad uh, outline of the department's vision for the next five years. And, you know, this strategic plan makes makes a, a real um, break from, from past policy, especially in terms of climate change and uh, research related to climate change that the Department of the Interior conducts. And, uh, you know, it's really a, a, a crucial element of public lands management, because many of the Department of the Interior's uh, field offices and, and bureaus, they, they have to deal with the impacts and realities of climate change um, in, in their work. So to, to write it out of the 
the strategic plan for the next five years uh, gives you a sense of, of, of what's happening at the department. And we have seen uh, both, I mean, across the, the federal government and at the Department of the Interior an attempt to, um, you know, suppress climate uh, climate science research and, and to, to sideline the folks who, who, who do that work. Yeah, and, and it's interesting, and you, you already commented on it, that the, all of this is happening with the backdrop that there is climate change and that it's having profound effects. Our meteorologist on our show talks about it every week, and yet here we are going down that old road, mm-hmm. which is going to pump more carbon dioxide, more methane into our atmosphere, and it seems like a train uh, out of control here. And you talk about a five—you talk about a five-year plan. What I wonder is, okay, let's say that we have some brakes put on the system, meaning that one of the houses of Congress flips back to the Democrats in 2018. Does that stop this train at all? Does it even slow it down? Can it slow it down? It doesn't really stop or slow down the effort to open up more land to to oil and gas development because Congress has essentially no control over that. It's up to the department and the BLM to say, hey, we're going to lease uh, whatever we whatever we want. I mean, the only real check is uh, is uh, the court. Yeah. And you know, if, if the department cuts corners and doesn't conduct proper uh, environmental reviews, et cetera, they're they're going to get sued on all of these leases. They're going to get tied up in court, and 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 that can drag on for for quite some time. But you know, what even these these leases are not going to get developed tomorrow. Uh, a company can acquire a lease and, and they don't have to actually do anything for ten years. So. They can lock in this land mm-hmm. uh, at at next to nothing prices, you know, two dollars an acre in many cases, and and then wait for the price of oil to go up again, which, uh, you know, it, it's yeah. between forty and so they it, it's a specul it's a speculative game, and and the industry obviously is very good at playing it, and and you know what we can't be doing now uh, in terms of climate change is locking in those those fossil fuel resources for decades and decades to come. Well, the you would hope that it, even if they lock this in, if uh if things change the, and they have not put up the derricks yet and and the machinery that there might be hope to save some of the areas because we're talking about in terms of bears ears alone some very sensitive archaeological uh, uh uh areas um and uh some with um, uh, fossils that uh, that have not been yeah. uh, discovered yet, uh, and, yeah. and and here we're going to go in and drill and just uh, lay waste to some of that area. So, uh, what it seems to me, and and again, you've reported on this that right now the 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 best hope is lawsuits, slowing it down with lawsuits, and that's what's happening, yeah, isn't it? Four of them already went in at least. And bears ears alone. Yeah, yes. With the monument review reductions, I mean, they've, they've gotten sued left and right. I mean, almost every regulatory uh, change or, or repeal that, that the department has undertaken has been challenged in court, and, and in some cases, they've they've prevailed. Uh, and with, with these individual lease sales, you know, we're already seeing uh, the 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 kind of situation that, that, you know, was common during the George W. Bush years where they would offer up, uh, you know, sensitive land and then the the environmental community would sue. 
And it's funny because you hear, you often hear that the one thing industry wants is certainty. They want to know what they can lease and what they can't lease. They don't want to get wrapped up in litigation. But that's exactly the kind of uh, mm. en- environment we're we're heading back into. And the the master leasing plans were designed to kind of uh, preempt that that sort of conflict by saying, hey, we're going to set aside or or place severe restrictions on land that's close to a monument or a park, and, and you can drill over here where there's already a lot of development. I think most people would think that that makes sense, right? That's reasonable. Uh, and, and the idea was to avoid litigation, the cost. You know, it costs everyone. It costs industry. It costs the government, which has to, to uh, you know, defend these uh, decisions as well. So, um, you know, but but this is certainly not something this administration seems to really uh, care about all that much. Well, uh, this is just the tip of the iceberg, uh, and I and we really appreciate you being on the show this morning, Adam. And I hope that you will keep in touch with us. If you want more information, you can go to thenation.com or you can go to my website, mikenovak.net, and find this out. We didn't even get into the the history of James K. Kaysen uh, uh, and some of the folks that who are are there who are like holdovers from the Reagan administration yeah. for the Bush administration. But that's what's happening. A lot of those names yeah. are coming back up. And right. they're making these things happen. Uh, Adam Fetterman, thank you so much. Uh, like I said, please, please keep in touch, and uh, I hope we talk soon. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. Have a great holiday as well. You can now enjoy local food all season long at Winter Farmers Markets, hosted by many different Chicagoland houses of worship on select Saturdays and Sundays from now through April. Your purchase of local, sustainably produced food helps support regional farmers. The markets are organized by Faith in Place, a nonprofit which inspires people of diverse faiths to care for the earth through education, connection, and advocacy. For a market schedule and to learn more, go to faithinplace.org. DNR Services Unlimited has been serving the north and northwest suburbs since 1992. They can take care of those little problems that never get done. They perform complete bathroom, basement, and kitchen remodels. And if you're looking for a complete home makeover, they can handle that too. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. That's RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, mike at mikenovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at mikenovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please, support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at mikenovak.net. I'm meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Bringing a lot of social science into climate change is really important. People who teach climate change now, you have to really get into how it's affecting people, how it's affecting the ability for people to cope, how it's affecting the ability of people to adapt or to mitigate. Stick around for some more insight into weather and climate and how it might be affecting you, your lives, and your garden. On WCGO 1590, Chicago Smart Talk. This is your talk. One of the few true originals of our time. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Hello, everybody. 
We're Fleming John. Hello. And we want to sing for you this evening one of our all-time favorite holiday classics. Sleigh bells ring. Zeppelin for the holidays. Wow, love that. Give it a, you get a ding on that. Oh, this is just so great. <laughs> okay, Peggy's getting into it. I can't see past this nose. It's weird seeing ourselves on uh, a delay here on, on the screen on uh, Facebook. And by the way, you folks uh, watching on Facebook Live, it's a treat this morning. We got the two camera set up for the second hour. We're going to have the three camera set up and, uh, and Beth. Ricolio Osmond just shared a link <laughs> on our timeline. There she is, and she's going to be on this. I hope she's. Don't forget your antlers, Beth. I hope they're here in the studio. Hey, we want to give away something here. I, for some reason, I can't breathe again. I don't know. What I know. It is. I had it's to lose like, the nose. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Uh, no, we're not doing cocaine in the studio. It's just we've got these uh, little noses here. Um, let's give away a forty dollar. Gift certificate for native plants from Natural Communities Native Plants. Thank you to our buddy Nick Fuller uh, out in Batavia, uh, who's the uh, the chief cook and bottle washer there. So, fifth caller, 847-475-1590. Put Randall to work. He's fallen asleep over there. 847-475-1590. They don't even have to answer anything. Just no, give their, their, just, their just name and we, email. We're and... just in that kind of mood today. We just ho, wanna, ho, ho. We just want to give stuff away. And let me preview our second hour. Very excited. Uh, I mentioned Beth Vercolio Osmond, who is co-owner of Cedar Valley Sustainable Farm, CSA in Ottawa, Illinois. Um, and she's she was she hasn't been on the show in a while. She was the first person who came on my show uh, to represent Cedar Valley because um, I couldn't get her husband on. He didn't want to be here. So uh, that was back at the <laughs> other station. Guy. Yeah. And so she came out and we talked about it. But then I got to know both of them. And I buy their products. I buy their sustainable meat products at the Logan Square Farmer's Market during the summer. Uh, and so... What I found out a few weeks ago is out of the blue. I'm like cruising Facebook and I find out that uh, uh, Beth is running for Congress. Oh, my God. And I went, yes, you have to be on the show. You got to talk about this. Mm -hmm. She's running in the 16th district. Um, Went out and got the signatures. Very quickly. Very quickly in a matter of days and got the signatures and is on the ballot. And we're going to we're going to push her all the way to Congress. (laughs) We're going to have our own. Our own congressperson in our back pocket. How cool is that? 
No, that's not true. Uh, no, we just want to uh, mm-hmm. to put the right people in because the guy who's in there now just voted for the tax bill. And wow. yeah, wah, get and, him out. Out. And uh, is that kind of person. We want that person out of there. So 847-475-1590 if you want a $40 gift certificate to uh, Natural Communities Native Plants. Uh, we'll get the you. Phones are ringing, so they hurry are. up. How you want to call? Yeah, and and so Beth is going to be here in the second hour, and with her is Whitney Richardson, who was with us last year when we were at Pirate Radio. Arr, Arr Pirate Radio, and uh, it's very funny because uh, when when Bill Turk hears us refer to Pirate Radio, because he introduced us to mm-hmm. Pirate Radio. Arr, thanks, Bill. Arr, Arr. and. Uh, uh, Whitney is the regional development manager for the Kitchen Community Chicago, but she's also the co-director of the Logan Square Farmers Market. They have a winter's market. They're like the only year-round weekly farmers market in Chicago. How cool is that? And that's mm-hmm. in my neighborhood. All right. And wait a second. I want to. I wanna... And they have a great email too that comes out so you can see what what you can get there every Sunday, which and is really cool. One of the things they have is real butter. I just thought I would uh, put that Good in. Good going. Yeah, how about that? Was, you are awake. Uh, barely. <laughs> Real butter. But it's thanks to Real Butter. Uh, so uh, that's uh, that's coming up uh, in the second hour. And uh, how are we getting close there, uh, uh, Randall? Are we getting close to giving these away? We've got two left. Okay. All right. There's two lines available right now, 847-475-1590, 847-475-1590. And uh, you'll get some native plants uh, that, you know, you're ready to rock and roll next season. So what else is going on in the world? I have no idea. There, just I, I've, <laughs> had, I've right? kind of had my nose in bear's ears all week when I wasn't following in the magazine what we were just talking about with Adam Fetterman. And yeah. it's just there. Fetterman. Fetterman, sorry. Fetterman. 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 Four lawsuits and probably a whole lot more. And it's anything from... Um, Lots of environmental communities getting together, environmental groups, to Patagonia. And and Patagonia, the outdoor company, um, the gear company, along with several environmental groups, has a very interesting twist to their lawsuit. Yeah, and, it was interesting that Patagonia is taking them. What's the interesting it's, twist? It's going on. They spent millions of dollars to help advocate for making Bears Ears a national monument. And they're suing that... They've lost that money now if it's all opened up. I like that. So, so they so the judge will have to say that they have standing because they have skin in the game. They have money mm-hmm. in the game. Uh, so that's that's an interesting thing. I want to also point out that uh, I posted <laughs> three, three, count them, three podcasts. One, two, three. Uh, from the past three weeks, which I finally got around to. Because it's been a little busy, and I apologize for those of you who like to listen to the podcast. Uh, and I appreciate the folks who do. Uh, it's just been hard to, to get them up there. So, But they're, they're all up, and now we're all caught up. Yeah. And I'll get this one from today up there as quickly as possible as well. So, so if you missed the discussion with Chris Van Cleve and Roses, that's up. And the discussion uh, we had about Monsanto. With Carrie Gillum. With Carrie Gillum and, and, and Roundup and the good, the bad, and the what of holiday gift giving. We had that up there. So that's that's all up there. Uh, one other thing I want to mention that I saw that the uh, uh, 
Planned Parenthood blasted the Trump administration on Saturday after senior officials at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, reported a list of forbidden words and phrases. Are you kidding me? Welcome to 1984, folks. Uh, They include fetus, evidence-based, you're killing me here, Uh, vulnerable, entitlement, diversity, and transgender. And the CDC, in certain circumstances, cannot use those words anymore, or at least for now, until we get... And uh, and who's... Who came up with that? Does it attribute to who said that? That's a really good question. So I've got words that uh, regarding the Trump administration. So for the Mike Novak show, we're issuing a decree today on the Mike Novak show with that. When it comes to the Trump administration, we cannot use these words. These words are banned when speaking of the Trump administration. Okay. These words are banned. Competence, truth, Empathy, sanity, American, justice, and human. Okay, those words are banned for when you talk about the Trump administration. Again, write those down. Competence, truth, empathy, sanity, American, justice, and human. I don't want to see any of those words used in association with the Trump administration. Just, you know. If he can issue a decree, I can issue a decree. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We will be back with a congressional candidate after after this. Yeah. Captain's log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wolf. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Sound red alert. Shields up. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe? Author of my favorite children's stories. Captain, I am attempting to access a copy of the masterpiece. Hmm, it seems to be available online at AroundTheBlockPress.com. 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 Yes, Mr. Watt. Yes, Captain. AroundTheBlockPress.com. How many times can I say it? Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Call us with your questions and comments at 847-475-1590. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Whenever my head starts to hurt, before it goes from bad to feeling worse, I turn off my phone, I get down low, and, then you, what, and do put what? my hands in the yeah, dirt. Yeah, sure. I try to stop the yeah, world really. from moving. So hey, welcome back. Oh, sorry. Is that Mike live? Hello? Hello. I think so. Hello. I can at least hear you. I don't no. know if it's live. But that's, that's, that's not a reflection on you, Randall. That's just... are, are we live now? Yeah. We on are. Facebook? Oh, how, have, have you fired that pup? Do we have like all the screens up now? Do we have like. Yeah, because it's our not guests? showing yet. We have so. All the uh, it's not showing here. So, Peggy, see, what we have to do, that there's, there's two steps today. First of all, we have to get it live on the show page. There around. it is. Oh, there it is. Woohoo! Sharing over as soon as I 
get to the right person to share, we'll get over there. Then we'll share it on the Mike Novak Show. It's on WCGO page, and then it's also on the Mike Novak Show. And uh, we've got now three cameras. Are are you kidding me? Three cameras. A three-camera show. A three-camera show. A three-camera show. You need some sleep. I really do. <laughs> Uh, hey, hey, before we get to anything, let's go to the phone, uh, Randall, and bring in uh, Bob, who wanted to say hi. Bob, good morning. You're on the Mike Novak Show. Good good morning. As your resident video uh, advisor, I'm here to do some QC on your transmissions. We'll see what we got there. And my contraption isn't working, but then I don't have a teenager on staff to help me figure it out. Wait, so you're not getting the video transmission? Oh, yeah, yeah. There you are. Let's see. Uh, Peggy has a nose, and... Uh, oh, no, 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 not, not You're right watching now. Hour 1. Oh, that's Back into the Future. Okay, so <laughs> how do we? How do I tune into tomorrow? Oh, you tune into... Uh, refresh. Refresh your page. Oh, and, that's all and, I do. That's, and, and that's, that's should, our recycle. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting a nose there, too, <laughs> Peggy, a second ago. So we're going to refresh and just uh, see what, what happens <laughs> here. too many keyboards here. Yeah, okay. At any rate... Well, the, the the theory is that we have three shots. And there we are. Oh, I think it's coming up. There they are. Look at that. And there's okay, our really? guests and everything. We've got me and Peggy and, wow, this technology. And we're getting likes on Facebook. So those of you uh, who are listening on the regular radio, if you're not driving, if you're driving, just, just keep your hands on the wheel, 10, 2, and 4, like Dr. Pepper. Uh, uh, but the rest of you can go on Facebook and see uh, who's watching there. And uh, so, Bob, did you you just wanted to call and say hi? Is that it? I, I wanted to say hi to Beth, though, who I was just listening to, as opposed to see the Beth. Save us, please. Save us in Ottawa, won't you? Uh, try to keep the future development of future water parks from happening in LaSalle County. And they scrape off all the, the cornmeal dirt and replace it with holes that become water parks in the next 10, 15 years. Well, I'm, I am really excited to do my best for Ottawa and for all of the voters in the 16th district. Thank you. Ah, uh, look at that. Great. She's got the speech She's down. spoken. <laughs> look at that. That woman gets a ding. That that's a congressional. That's congressional material, if you ask me. Okay. Uh, hey, listen, Bob. Bob, we're going to do you yeah. a favor since you decided to call in. We're going to give you the forty dollars gift certificate uh, from oh, from Natural Awakenings Native Plants. I'll share it with my friend Bob Eschbach and John Ross, who we're meeting for brunch at Renee's Public House over on Jarvis here in Rogers Park in the next hour. And I will tell uh, some of the fellows I got to say hi to Beth. And, Fantastic. Uh, share. I'm sure you're familiar with uh, Mayor Bob and, and John. Yeah, and, uh, yeah all the other of course. Years. Well, you got to say hi to Whitney, too, if you're in over there <laughs> in oh, Rogers yeah. Park. Okay. So this um, is, yeah. is I, I, I'm assuming this is Bob K., right? Oh, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's you. That's what I hear. Bob is. Bob has stalked me in the past. I I once walked out of the studio here in Evanston, and Bob was sitting there, smoking a cigarette and saying, "Hey, dude." Uh, except, except, except he didn't have the cigarette. But other than that, no. yeah. Uh, well, Bob. Okay, hang on. Get, give your information to Randall. Thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. I'm glad you're watching on Facebook as well. Randall, you'll be well. You'll be, well, be well. And thank you, Beth, for your efforts. We're right behind you. Thanks. I appreciate it. All right. See, the question is, is Bob going to vote from Rogers Park or from, and I know he's got uh, yeah. residences in both places. Both places, yeah. Yeah, in, in LaSalle or Ottawa. I'm not sure which, uh, 
I think, think he said list- it was a cell. Yeah, I think so oh. too. Anyway, all right, and and in the studio, if you're if you're paying attention here, um, we have Beth Vercolio Osmond. Um, we're very excited to have her. She's uh, with Cedar Valley Sustainable Farm and CSA out of Ottawa, Iowa. But for today's purposes, this is the 16th district congressional candidate. Give that woman a ding there, okay? We're happy to have her here. The woman on her left, as you look into the camera, and we might slide you guys that way a little bit. That We'll do that during the break. Um, is Whitney Richardson. Uh, who's the regional development manager for uh, manager for the Kitchen Community Chicago? She's also the co-director of the Logan Square Farmers Market. So that's my neck of the woods and where I go. But that's where I see you and uh, Beth, and I see her kids, and I see her husband, and they're they're working stiffs. And this yes, is sir. what's so great about having her run for Congress. So we want mm-hmm. all of you to support her. If you're in the 16th district, if you're not, well, obviously you can't vote, but you can still support. Yeah. You can still knock on you doors. You can still donate. You mm-hmm. can still send money. And we're going to talk to you all about how to do that in uh, the next hour. Uh, and we'll talk about sustainable food, and we'll talk about kids and learning about gardening. Um, and Rick DeMaio will be on at the end of Rick the hour. And Rick DeMaio will be on at the end of the hour. And Tell us why it's 50 degrees again outside. It's like it lurches from 20 to 50, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. All right. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Hey, if you want to participate, 847-something-something-something. Or 75-15-9. That's it. We'll be right back. It might be winter, but you can still visit farmers markets hosted by many different Chicagoland houses of worship on select Saturdays and Sundays from now through April. Your purchase of local, sustainably produced food helps support regional farmers. The markets are organized by Faith in Place, a nonprofit which inspires people of diverse faiths to care for the earth through education, connection, and advocacy. For a market schedule and to learn more, go to faithinplace.org. A good day's gardening can sometimes be a bad day for your muscles and joints. Dr. Bonnie Flaster is a chiropractor who uses gentle, non-force adjustments to relieve pain. With 29 years of experience, she relies on a variety of treatments, including low-level laser, acupuncture, and gentle chiropractic. Visit her at River North Wellness Center and find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. Yeah, how's the demo going, Jim? It's going good, boss. You know, there's a lot of great material here. Where are we going to bring it? To the landfill. Where else? Seems like a bit of a waste. Maybe we should call up the Evanston Rebuilding Warehouse. The what? The Evanston Rebuilding Warehouse. You know, the place where you can donate reclaimed and reusable items for a tax deduction. Oh. And then people can buy those materials for their renovation or creative reuse projects. Well, what are we waiting for? Call them up. Sure, you can get all the info at Evanston. Whoa, Re- whoa, whoa. You do it. I'm the boss. The Evanston Rebuilding Warehouse. Online at evanstonrebuildingwarehouse.org. It's time for Food Drive 2.0. The most popular form of giving in the U.S. is getting a makeover. And the Give Healthy Movement and Amp Your Good are leading the way. It's now possible to donate fresh fruits and vegetables and other healthy foods to those facing hunger in our communities. Here's how it works. You visit the website of your food drive, pick out the healthy items you want to donate, and they do the rest. You get a tax receipt, folks get healthy food. Go to ampyourgood.org or givehealthy.org for details. I'm Mike Jackson, host of Mike Jackson Outdoors Radio, Sunday mornings, 7 to 9 a.m. here on 1590 WCGO. Bring up. 
Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. See you soon. Oh, uh, lots of luck and uh, many presents and uh, happy Crimble. That's uh, all, I think. All I want for Christmas is a beetle. Not a teddy bear, just a beetle. I told Mum that nothing else would do. There are four, so she can have one too. Like we said earlier, it's the Zeitgeist, and this was the Zeitgeist in 1964. So, yes, and uh, do I do I have to put mine on too? Right. We can breathe for about 20 seconds. That's right. Okay. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and I need to make a correction because I didn't think I said it, but uh, but the, the woman running for Congress who's standing there she caught you. She, well, I, she thought I said Iowa. I, I, I hope I didn't say Iowa, but Cedar Valley Sustainable Farm is in Ottawa, Illinois. Yeah. If it were Iowa, she couldn't be running for the 16th congressional. Well, she could, but it would be fraud, and right. that would be a problem. Uh, no, that would not be good. So, From Cedar uh, Falls to Cedar Valley. Yeah, you know, it's just it's the same thing, really. Once you get west of Aurora, who cares? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I know she does. See, <laughs> that's why I'm not in that in your district. And you know, I, I'm just trouble. You don't want me in your district, actually. Uh, actually, I'm I'm going to have a new Congress critter in my district. Congress critter. Yeah, because uh, uh, Luis Gutierrez oh, yeah. is retiring, and now it's a free for all there. So I was thinking of running myself, but it's I think it's too late to get the signatures. I wish I'd if I wish I'd have known that in November when you were doing it, I might have gone out and. But the sick, you know what? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in Congress. I'm uh, no, I no, but, no. But we'd be I, reading about it in the headlines. But I want Beth to be in Congress, uh, and uh, and we need to hear the story, Beth. And that's why you're on the show today, um, because I was cruising Facebook a couple of weeks ago, and I saw she's writing about getting signatures. We hope we get them done by Monday. I'm going signatures, signatures for what? 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 What's going on? So I started scrolling down your your page. I went, oh, my goodness, you're running for Congress in the 16th Congressional District. Well, first of all, congratulations, I think. Uh, You know, uh, but this is the year where women all over the country are. And you had posted that article. I posted it on my website, MikeNovak.net. You can find out more information about Beth. First of all, if folks want to contribute to the campaign... Where do they go? Um, we are, like you said, we got started late. We, we, I decided and threw my hat in and raised the signatures. Uh, it was like a, um, a Tesla. We went from zero to 100 in like <laughs> 4.2 seconds or days. Um, but now we're at the, tra- the freight train part of the campaign where we're getting all of the pieces in place and we're picking up momentum. It's going a little more slowly now. If you but, want, but but controlled, right? But That's controlled, just, yeah, slowly and, and controlled, and building momentum. Yeah. So mm-hmm. right now, the best way to connect with the campaign is on Facebook. Um, we're at uh, Facebook slash Vercolio Osmond for Congress. I'm going to spell it because you know Vercolio. Of course. V E. You, you couldn't make it any harder, could you? <laughs> no, but you know it's memorable, right? It, it is. It's true. It, it's not a generic name. Yeah. Um, so Vercolio, V E R C O L I O, O S M U N D, 
for Congress. Right. And and, and you can find that link on my website. Uh, go to this week's show on the Mike Novak show, uh, MikeNovak.net. That's there. And uh, it's going up on Facebook even as we speak. And we'll have it on Twitter and, you know, get that out there so that folks can easily get in touch with you and start helping out, which is what we want, obviously. For sure. Um, our website will be up by early next week. Um, we will have an online contribution form there. You can mail checks. The address is at, uh, fa- on Facebook there. I appreciate everybody's support. And um, like I said, we're, we're, we're building the airplane in flight to, 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 mix, to mix my transportation metaphors. I like the ma- that metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what made you decide to pull the trigger and hop in the Tesla? Well, you know, I'm not a politician, right? I'm a farmer. I'm a local foods activist. I've been a teacher. I've been a union member. And I've spent the last year, like so many other people, just being frustrated and being outraged that our that our government really isn't working for us. Mm-hmm. And the 16th district of Illinois has been run, um, has been virtually uncontested since it was formed. And our congressperson, Adam Kinzinger, does not come to our district. He does not come to town hall meetings. He does not respond to constituents. The only time he gets in front of people and talks is when he's asking for money. And that just isn't the way it should be, you know? And this is the year. This is the time that we are all really tired of that approach to governing. And so this is the time that, you know, I'm throwing my hat in the ring. There's a couple of other Democratic um nominees in the primary. And I'm excited because, like I said, for the past couple of, of cycles, there hasn't been anybody trying to to take this seat back. It's been gifted mm-hmm. the way the, the district was, was formed. And, I, you know, Adam Kinzinger has not honored that gift. He has taken it. He's enriched himself. He's been a complete Republican... Um, in lockstep. He's with in, in the lockstep. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he, Absolutely. he just He's got voted. the words down. He yes. just voted for that horrible, horrible, horrible tax bill, right? He, he and he voted. will vote for the final version of it as well. Oh, he will for sure. He yeah. he has been um, he has been against net neutrality. He oh, has voted with the Trump administration ninety eight percent of the time, and I don't think that that's really serving the voters mm. of his district. And and he doesn't know if it is because he won't talk to us. Mm. So so what are some of the things, though, that you see need to be done that he's not doing? You know, the things that I think really need to be done, um, the, the 16th is, is primarily a pretty rural district. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's also a very widespread district. Yeah, so we, goes up from the Wisconsin border and wraps around Chicago area. It, it, it wow. touches the Wisconsin border. It touches the Indiana, uh, the Indiana border. Wow. So, and, yeah. That's weird. It, it <laughs> And it carves out the uh, Rockford metropolitan area. Yeah, I noticed that, that there's a, you know. Like uh, ger- gerrymandering? It's, it's very gerrymandered, for yeah. sure. And, um, you know, I don't, I, don't think that that's rep- I don't think that that's representing the interests of the people in our district. And I think that my background, I mean, Ottawa, Illinois, if you look at the map, it's right in the middle of the district. It's in the heart of the 16th district, this widespread, sprawling um, area. And... My background in in education and in farming, really, I think I have the best story. I have the best way to connect with the voters of the 16th District, of all of the Democratic nominees. And so that's why I'm really excited to put my hat in the ring and to bring my voice forward, more so than just posting on Facebook and, 
you know, having these conversations with my friends where we all preach to the choir, right? Yeah, and you mentioned that there's more than one candidate on the Democratic side, which is actually a good thing. It really is. I mean, representative democracy demands that all districts be contested every two years. It doesn't happen in America, and in in that district, it it doesn't happen that often, does it? No, it doesn't. And so, you know, I'm really excited that there are people in the race because every single one of us is going to go out and we're going to talk to people and we're going to connect with the people that support us. And we're going to ultimately encourage all of the voters in our district mm-hmm. to support whoever the Democratic nominee is, because that's really going to make a difference for our district. And you are not just a farmer. I mean, you are a farmer. And I think that is at the top of the list, I would say, when when you're when you're talking to folks. And a non-corporate farmer. I'm a farmer. For sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm a non-corporate farmer. But you're also an activist. You've been you've done other things over the year. What, what what kind of things? Yeah, for a lot of years now, in addition to running our farm, I've been involved with doing farmer education and farmer training. Been bringing more young people into farming, mm-hmm. which is um, a huge concern because so many farmers are at retirement age and, and passing retirement age. And so it's really important that we get some new voices, not only in government, but that we get some new voices and some new energy into farming. And so as a, as a farmer educator, I've been speaking at conferences, I've been teaching classes, and I've been doing that for a number of years. And I'm really excited to see a lot of people that I've been in touch with, that I've um, seen come through the programs that I've taught, getting out and starting their own businesses, which is fantastic. And that's what we need in the district. We need a real renaissance. We need people who have the, the means and the education and the access to start businesses and not just uh, be locked into, you know, whatever whatever few jobs that there are. I will say right now, if the any of the other candidates are listening, uh, whether you're Republican, whether you're Adam Kinzinger himself or some of the other Democrats who are running, you're welcome. Come on the show. We'll discuss environmental issues because that's, that's sort of the focus here. Slow food, we'll talk that. We'll talk farming, the future of farming in America. Um, I, I, I almost kind of wish you were running for state uh, because, uh, you know, a state office because um, then we could talk about the Livestock Management Facilities Act, which is just a horrible, horrible um, uh, issue in Illinois. You know, but, uh, how do we keep CAFOs mm-hmm. from running roughshod over uh, in farmers in, in their neighborhoods and you know but that's a different issue altogether yeah. but you see you're and that's got to be interesting for you because now you have to sort of shift gears and look nationally and what some of the national but the farm bill i imagine is right at the top of that list the farm bill is huge and not only does that affect farmers which is you know of course right in my in my backyard so to speak um it also is the main way that we feed people through the the snap program through nutritional assistance. And in one of my other hats that I wear is I am the co-director of our local food pantry. And so I've really gotten to know and and work closely with a lot of the people in, in my town and in the surrounding areas that are food insecure, who need that help closing the meal gap. And that's another thing that is, is on the chopping block now. Paul Ryan has said that the next thing after the tax bill is they're going to Look at look at SNAP and and oh yeah they're gonna and you're gonna use that as an excuse they're gonna say oh yeah. we don't have any money I don't know 
$1.5 trillion just sort of disappeared. We have no idea what happened to it. And, oh, you know, we're going to have to cut back on SNAP. We're going to have to cut back on Medicare. We're going to have to cut back on Social Security. We'll have to so- sell more drilling permits. Yeah, more drilling permits. Yeah, the whole thing. For sure, for sure. Well, that, again, is uh, uh, Beth Vercolio Osmond. Uh, and uh, you can find her information. We're posting it all over the place right now, but I, I we need to get to Whitney. Who looks like she's been wanting to say something. <laughs> You're welcome to jump in anytime, Whitney. Uh, I know you, you hate to interrupt a future uh, 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 congressperson, but, you know, that's the way it goes. But you guys know each other uh, from the Logan Square Farmers Market. What's that uh, relationship like? Yeah, Cedar Valley Sustainable Farm has been a uh, a vendor at the farmer's market for 11 years now. Wow. You guys Since just the very really? beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll be darned. I didn't realize it had been that long. Yeah. So the Logan Square Chamber of Commerce took over the market from the city back in 20, 2007. Um, and Beth has been a part of it since that mm-hmm. that transfer. And and uh, Whitney is wearing a couple of hats today because she is, as I mentioned before, the uh, co-director of the Logan Square Farmers Market, which, again, is in my neighborhood. But uh, you're also with the Kitchen Community Chicago. We talked last year. You were on the show mm-hmm. back at the other place at Pirate Radio. <laughs> she mentioned that was the day someone fell asleep. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Whitney came in. And there was a guy snoring on the couch, okay, in in the lobby. That's That was what pirate radio was like, okay? That's... <laughs> <laughs> but, but, and, and she was very sweet about it. She said, there's somebody sleeping outside. <laughs> okay, we'll, we, we, we won't disturb him. We'll let him sleep during the show. Uh, tell us a little bit about the Kitchen Community Chicago. What- yes. So the Kitchen Community is a national nonprofit. Um, it was started in Boulder, Colorado in 2012, I want to say, 2011 officially, and then started making more progress by 2012. At that time, Chicago was the first city outside of Colorado that it moved and sort of spread out to. Um, And we install and support a network of school gardens. Um, In Chicago, we partner with Chicago Public Schools, and we're currently supporting 154 school gardens across CPS. And you have a goal of what, over 200, right? Is that 200 by the end of next school year. Wow. So how do you engage them? How do they get involved in this? So now schools will apply for a learning garden. There's a um, a pretty basic application process that just demonstrates you have an interest and an idea of how you want to utilize the school garden. Um, and then those applications are vetted. And then um, in the fall and the spring, we choose which ones um, make the most sense to move forward with and then start installing them during that part of the growing season. Mm-hmm. And then after the school gardens are installed, um, they're ADA-accessible outdoor classrooms mm-hmm. with beds that are designed to, la- to last a few decades. We talked about that last year. Who, were those, they're sort of modular. They're modular thing. systems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was developed by whom? The, uh, the mo- Is that your design, the, the that, kitchen community? Mm-hmm, exactly. One of the founders, Kimball Musk. Um, yeah. So the fo- the schools that want to get involved, it's 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 it's, it's a great. proven yeah, proven and it's method. well, and it's mm-hmm. uniform too yeah. because it allows you to care for them. I, I imagine more easily. Right, exactly. It's easier to care for them. They are ADA accessible, so anyone from um, pre K to twelfth grade, they are designed to meet multiple growth um, stages mm-hmm. as well as meet different physical challenges. So they're easier to pull wheelchairs up next to. It's easier to get in and out of the classroom, go outside, do some gardening, go back inside. Yeah. Yeah. I would think it also makes it easier for the school to to get it through because they mm-hmm. can say, here's what we're getting. 
Exactly. It's not, okay, here's a pile of lumber, build something. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it's true. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and if, if schools, as you say, you get in the spring, they're going to want to be part of this. How do they get in touch with you? They go on the website. It's tkc.org. We'll get you there. Um, and then there is an application link. I want to say it's one of the most prominent buttons on the top left or right side of the website. The big red easy button. Exactly. Just, just hit that. You <laughs> it know, says right. apply now. TKC.org. Dot org. See, mm-hmm. that's really, really easy to remember. Okay. We are talking. That is Whitney Richardson from the Kitchen Community Chicago. We also, also, also have, wow, I'm really tired. We also have. We're going to Iowa again. Huh? Beth Vercolio Osmond from Iowa and from Montana. I don't know. We'll be back. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Did you know it can take up to three liters of water to produce just one liter of bottled water? In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. Over 22 billion water bottles end up in landfills each year, and far too many end up in our oceans and waterways. According to the Environmental Working Group, about 40% of bottled water is actually regular tap water that may or may not have gotten any additional treatment. They also confirmed there was at least 38 different low-level contaminants in bottled water and an average of eight chemicals. So, ditch the plastic water bottles, folks. Choose to filter water and use reusable bottles for your own health and to reduce plastic waste in landfills. I'm Green Diva Meg. Please visit thegreendivas.com to find useful Green Diva podcasts, videos, and, of course, lots of low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color perms and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty, you no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. At least once in the season, i got to play a Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, yeah. Okay. The, and this one is, is in honor of you, Peggy, because it's, you know what the name of this song is. Yeah, it's some, the skater something. Skating. Yeah. Yeah, skating. yeah so there you go. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Very pleased to have in studio Beth Vercolio Osman, not from Iowa, not from Montana. <laughs> She's from Ottawa, Illinois. And Whitney's from Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, and uh, Beth is uh, running for Congress in the 16th District. Primary March 20th. 20th. And then the general election next November. But you got to get past the I do. primary. So uh, uh, we'll get to that in just a second. I want to get back to Whitney uh, again. 
Um, I'm just kind of wondering, because we talked last year, we're talking this year, you bring more and more schools into um, the kitchen community all the time. What what kind of lessons have you learned from working in different cities? You've, you started in Denver, but you're, now you're in Chicago and you're going mm-hmm. elsewhere. What are there differences? There are a lot of differences. So now we're in six. We're actively in six different cities. Um, Denver, Boulder, Chicago, Memphis, Los Angeles, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, and Detroit is coming next year. Hey, my hometown. Mm-hmm. Let's give Detroit a ding. All right. <laughs> um, and what we've learned... I'm not from Iowa or Montana either. I'm actually from Michigan. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, what we've learned is Chicago is one of the, the hardest districts as far as um, policies that support school gardens is concerned. Um when you are supporting the amount of students that the Chicago Public School yeah. District has, there are a lot of liability concerns that a district will um, address in various ways. And one of them, um, at the beginning of our time in Chicago, um, there was no policy in place to allow schools to eat what they're growing in the garden on school property. Really? Um, it was just not permitted. Wow. So they actually hired someone internally for the district. He's the school garden coordinator, Drew Thomas. Um, and he designed what is called an eat what you grow certification process. So schools are um, learning safely how to harvest their food and then get it um, sanitized in uh, a certified kitchen. Well, you've got a farmer standing next mm-hmm. to you and you guys know, both of you know, that for the uninitiated, uh, the whole idea of growing your food and putting it then in your mouth is terrifying because there might be germs and there might be worms. There might be worms. There might be and bugs. Bugs mm-hmm. and stuff. Oh, you. And and we well, have it's to, education. We have to kind of get past that, don't mm-hmm. we? I mean, one of, when we did uh, this past year. Uh, Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards. Peggy and I helped get that going with Illinois Extension, and we gave out 46 awards to uh, gardens all over the city. And one of the ones was in Wicker Park, and basically, and I don't remember the name of it, and I apologize um, uh, to the folks there, it's on a parkway. Sometimes people, we've learned on this show, they call them hell strips. and it was a parkway, but they were growing stuff like strawberries and beans, stuff that the kids could come out. And they're, they're toddlers. They're yeah, not toddlers, but they're six-year-olds, okay, and seven-year-olds. And they come out, and they learn how to pick mm-hmm. something and eat it. I mean, this is a good – This it seems simple, but it, it we have it to start makes somewhere. Makes that connection. Yeah, make mm-hmm. the connection to the earth, even if it's a parkway between the sidewalk and the street. And that's, and that's why they got an award. It was like, I'm so inspired by you people doing – they even had a little composter in the parkway. Awesome. This is great stuff. And that's kind of what you're doing with the exactly. kitchen community. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think even having those sort of restrictions in place do breed – a lot of opportunities it breeds a lot of creativity when you're trying to figure out yeah. what you're going to do with something that you're told you're not allowed to do anything with. So yeah. there are schools that have developed farm stand programs. There are schools that mm-hmm. have figured out how they want to engage the community in that process. Yeah. Um, ones that are working with senior centers on the corner and there's that intergenerational exchange. So which one was it? South Shore Academy that started their own farmer's market? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what is the name of that one? Southside Occupational. Southside Occupational, yeah. And they go to the Plants Farmer's yes. Market as yes. well. Um, they're 
working on a bunch of different projects. They have bees now. They have need to have them back. They mm-hmm. were on the show last year. So in in your district, which is more rural, mm-hmm. are there similar programs? Or is Kitchen Community working in a more rural area? No, we haven't seen that in the rural areas yet. Um, one thing that we're doing, Mike mentioned, working with uh, the Illinois Extension Office. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a terrific extension um, office and extension agents in, in Ottawa, and they're working with us to bring more fresh produce to the, to the food pantries. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the Plant-A-Row program. Then, and next year, this year, this past year, we did for a, a pilot, we did a, an extra distribution at our farmer's market or at our food pantry that we set up like a farmer's market. And we said, come in and, and get what you want. And all we need to do is keep track of how much people are taking and it was free choice, and we gave away everything from, I think our lowest total was a five-pound bag that someone took, and our highest was 95 pounds because wow. we had just an overwhelming amount mm-hmm. of apples that people, and people could use them so they could take them. And so we're going forward next summer with the extension office in partnership, and we're going to do some more of those. So we're bringing that gardening connection to feeding people and making those yeah. connections. So what's the next step to bring it into the school districts, though? Mm-hmm. Um, right now, we're focusing on urban centers because there is just there are just so many schools yeah. within a single yeah. district that you can reach. Um, and the point of partnering with the mm-hmm. schools is to make sure that we're reaching a generation of youth who yeah. can be raised on better quality food, learn where it's coming from, and make that connection early on. Um, so the the world is our oyster, I guess. <laughs> and um, after our next growth goal, we'll be seeing where we'll we'll take it from there. By the way. The school was the Maxine Koss Memorial Parkway slash Cortland Preschool Garden. All right, and that is in Wicker Park. And Amy Ewalt was the the genius behind that and putting that together. So I wanted to make sure they got credit for that. Uh, we only have a few more minutes, real quick. Uh, Logan Square Farmers Market is the only Chicago farmers market that goes year round. Every week, every there week. are other farmers goes, markets. Yeah, no, they go. You're exactly. right. Every week. Mm-hmm. So where are they now? Because you moved this year. We moved to Emporium Arcade Bar. Um, they were really gracious in opening their doors for and us. And where is that located? It is on Milwaukee and Fleurton, 2363 North Milwaukee. Which is, again, I could walk there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing to have this in the neighborhood. This and, is just great stuff. Yeah, it's actually open right now until 3 p.m. It's the last market of 2017 because we happened to fall on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve this year. So excluding ah, those holiday so you're, Sundays. So not going to do it next week. So mm-hmm. if you want to get there, do it before 3 p.m. Um, and, um, that's an accomplishment in itself. Just, just keeping a market going all, all year long. It's great stuff. Mm-hmm. It's been really exciting to see because every year that I've been a part of it, we see more people, um, applying than we had in past seasons. There are just, there are more farmers who have extended their season. Mm-hmm. Um, there are more indoor urban farms that are starting up their, their businesses and they're wanting to be a part of it. Um, now we have 35 local farm and food vendors that are going to be at the indoor market every Sunday. And you don't see exactly the same stuff you see in the summer, but you see the more, um, what's the what's the word for the the, the, the potatoes and the beets mm-hmm, and the, the stuff. storage crops. Yeah, the storage yeah, crops. The winter exactly. cold crops. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Uh, let's get back to Beth a little bit before we get out of here. Um, next, step, well, we were talking off air, those on uh, Facebook Live heard heard us talking about your husband, Jody Osmond, and he's been on the show. He was on recently. It was in October. He was on the program before we knew you were going to be running for Congress. 
Um, and um, you, you, you mentioned how he's sort of the whirling dervish behind the scene. Well, I said whirling dervish. She didn't, <laughs> Jody, she didn't say whirling no. dervish. I said whirling dervish. But he's a, he's a ball of energy and he's a great person to have on your team, isn't he? He, he is the best person to have on your team. Um, I couldn't even consider ch- taking on this challenge without his support. Um, I've taken to referring to him as my external confidence drive, um, which everyone... Yeah, like you plug it into your computer I, I just, and... You know. I just plug into it and he recharges me. Um, everyone should have one. I highly recommend it, but you can't have mine. <laughs> he's amazing and he's smart and he's talented and I'm... I can't say enough. I'm I, I'm so excited. Everything we've done has been a partnership. Everything from starting our farm to raising our kids to now launching this this political endeavor. And um, you know, well, I, you know that he's amazing. You, it's an interesting story there, though, because you guys were you were. He he grew up on a farm, but went to the city, and then you guys, you know, abandoned your careers here in the city to go out to the farm, and now. Congress? I mean, this is a crazy story. You're going to have to write a book about this someday. Well, when I was when I was considering it and when I was, you know, gosh, I don't know if we can do this. I don't know if I can do this. Jody's um, Jody's quote that I just keep going back to is this isn't the craziest thing we've ever done. More people, (laughs) more people run for political office than leave corporate careers to start a farm. And we've done that and we've been successful at it. So I'm confident that. You know, what's what's one more crazy thing? Why not? Uh, right. So you got the holidays coming, but I imagine if you're running for Congress and you only have until March, there's not a lot of time off here, is there? Not taking a lot of time off. No, we're really excited. Both of our older boys will be coming home from school this coming week, which means that we're going to have, you know, that much more energy and that much more enthusiasm. So we're going to be busy all through the holidays and for the next couple of months. What's the the very next step, do you think? The very next step is getting that website launched, getting the donation. Yeah, because we want to be able to come out here and say, here's the website. And when you do, when you got it, we will put it on our social media and we'll end the website and make sure that folks have it. I appreciate that. That'll be coming soon. Okay. And I'm sorry I, I interrupted you, but I just wanted to make sure that folks know that we will get that. But in the meantime, folks, again, if they want to contribute to the campaign, where do they go? Um, connect with us on Facebook at Vercolio Osmond for Congress. Um, you can mail a check. Our address is there. You can is, is, is like that page in the next couple of days when the website gets up and running mm-hmm. and there's an online contribution option. That'll definitely be there. Fabulous. I mean, I'm just, I'm getting all tingly here. <laughs> <laughs> just, just having her in. And, uh, and uh, if folks uh, in uh, uh, Chicago Public Schools uh, say, hey, how come my school is not part of the kitchen community? Are you still making decisions? Can they get involved? They can, yep. yeah. Keep and you've got a matching gift program to exactly. the end of the year. Oh, that's right. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So we have. Um, so the first one is anyone who applies before the end of the school year will likely be considered for a spring 2018 build. Okay. And um, the second half is um, anyone who donates to support the mission by December 31st of this year, um, their donation will be matched 20. percent so um, we greatly appreciate all of the support. It so takes get a lot, on board of, takes right, a lot of help. Yeah, it does. And you can get 20% toward that. Uh, that's uh, Whitney Richardson. Hey, stick around, you guys. And uh, Beth Vercolio Osmond, stick around. Rick DeMaio, weather is coming up. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. 
If you garden in or around Chicago and you don't have a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, I'm a little worried about you. That's because you're missing out on not only the garden magazine for our region, but one of the best gardening magazines in the country. Every issue features spectacular photos, as well as articles by noted horticultural authorities, nursery owners, state extension agents, master gardeners, and more. There are columns like Ask the Garden Pros, Regional Reports, and What to Do in the Garden. Of course, there's my column on the inside back page of every issue, but into each life a little rain must fall. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines on newsstands everywhere, but go to chicagolandgardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600, 888-265-3600. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at Mike Now. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. Here's the bad news. One out of every six Americans doesn't know where their next meal will come from. What's the good news? You can help. This year, instead of decorating your holiday table with flowers, use an arrangement of fresh, uncut fruits and veggies, which can be donated to a local food pantry. Share a photo of your centerpiece with the hashtag AmpleCenterpiece, and you could win a $50 gift certificate to Gardner Supply Company. Go to ampleharvest.org holiday to learn more. Hi, this is Bill from Playtime with Sid and Bill featuring Carrie Kendall, 1 to 3, every Sunday right here on 1590 WCGO. Hi, Vince Lloyd. And Lou Boudreau. With season's greeting. This season, why not put the Cubs in someone's stocking? Well, Lou, Kingman's never going to fit in there. Will a Cubs Christmas gift certificate. Hey, and how about giving your best girl? There's a beautiful catch by Bill Buckner. And it cost just six fifty for a box seat, five dollars for reserved grandstand. And why not treat the kids to another stolen base by Ivan De Jesus? Just Oop. call Jerry Ferran at two four eight seven nine hundred for your Cubs Christmas gift certificates, what? and then put. Come on, he was the shortstop of Ivan De Jesus. In someone's stocking. This Christmas, give the gift of. Sunshine and excitement. And all the surprises of Wrigley Field. Yep, that's the ticket. A Cubs ticket. Call Jerry Ferran at 248-7900 and order yours Ooh. now. Merry box seat and a happy reserve grandstand. And the best of holiday cheers. This year, give the Cubs for Christmas. Cubs Christmas gift certificates. Yikes. Okay, if you can... Maybe we should have somebody guess the year that was recorded. I could give you the year. Because I, I, that's when I was a big Cubs fan, and I knew every guy's name in that lineup. Ah, there you go. Uh, Lou and Vince, oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, that's going back a ways. Welcome back to the Mike Novich Show, Peggy Balecki. Uh, is that uh, Mr. DeMaio there? Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Sure is. But oh, before oh. he comes on the line, we've okay. got something to give away here. Okay. Rick, hang on a second. We're going to give something away. We have one Count them, one left of Happy Leafs Garden in a Box LED Kit, which is... Uh, Their LED grow light, and it has uh, the the uh, clay pellets that you put in it and the basket, and you can and it's set up to do four jars. You get All you need are the mason jars, and you can grow 
herbs. You can grow basil, lettuce, lettuce can, arugula. Uh, I, I'm doing it in my living room right now. This is a great grow light. So this is a $65 value. Uh, give us a call, 847-475-1590. Which caller do we want to make it? What do you want to make it? The third? All right, third caller. Third. Okay. Randall says third caller, 847-475-1590. You will get the Happy Leaf, what do they call it? The whole Garden in a Box. Thank you, Garden in a Box. And uh, Mr. DeMaio, Rick DeMaio, good morning. And, you, and I'm going to introduce you to uh, congressional candidate Beth Vercolio Osmond right here in our studio. You guys say hi to each other. Hey, Rick. Good morning. She's uh, what? What district? Illinois 16th. Okay, that's fantastic. And what area does that cover? Um, we're in the heart of the Illinois Valley, um, curving around Chicago from the Wisconsin border all the way to the Indiana border. So it's a, yeah, it's a, it's an uh, it's a, it's a rural district that sort of is the, the collar. It's literally the the right, collar right. for 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 Illinois and Adam. Kinzinger, Republican, uh, represents it now, but Beth Vercolio, right, right. Beth Vercolio Osmond is going to represent it as of uh, next November. So, uh, that's um, you got my you got my vote as long as I can vote. <laughs> well, he, yeah, he can, you, can, you can't vote, Bob, but you can contribute. So uh, there you go. It includes LaSalle. So uh, we're going to need a, a forecast for the 16th here today, uh, Rick, as well as uh, the Chicago. Uh, well, you you always give a, a much broader. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it's great anytime that we can uh, put people in, in 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 Congress, state, local, federal levels, um, any sort of seat that promotes um, the stuff that we're talking about. Particularly, you, Mike, with your show, and Peg, with your uh, insightful commentary, I think is is, uh, is is a plus sign in in the right column, and it needs to go continually. In that direction is one of the things I talked about with my students from uh, Loyola this past week when they did their presentations. It's it's not so much anymore, um, I think, what the federal government is doing. Clearly, it's much more on the local level, uh, and it begins with the neighborhoods. Uh, and then that becomes, you know, basically more counties uh, and more statewide, and then eventually it doesn't matter if the federal government is not doing it. It's what we're doing on a lower level. And, Mike, and Peg, it's really quite amazing. You know, the, the class I often talk about at Loyola, which is my um, environmental uh, science 224 class, which is basically a climate change class, this is a class that everybody at Loyola has to take. Mm-hmm. Uh, this became a core class. This became a required class about five years ago when the department kind of flipped over to the Institute of Environmental Sustainability uh, and, and my job as an instructor is awfully challenging. I have two semesters, I said, two, semesters, two sections a year, each one about 40 to 42 students. Um, I would say two-thirds of them are non-science majors. I don't think you guys realize that. These are, these are kids in the business school, mm-hmm. accounting, math, physical education, you, you name it. Um, very few of the kids that I have in my 200-level class are going into environmental science. So it becomes even that much more challenging for me to try to teach them and to try to get them to think objectively about stuff. It's one thing if you got a class full of greenies. Those are easy. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're on board. But when you get students who are like going, yeah, but whatever. So it makes my job much more difficult, um, kind of like a candidate, um, trying to go out there and convince people to think differently and to think why they should be the one that you should choose on, you know, on ballot day. 
And you know what I want you to do? And I think, and I'm, and I'm actually serious about this. I think you can advise Beth yeah. on climate issues as she goes into this campaign. It would be good to have somebody of your stature on her side helping her out. Uh, yeah, uh, ide- identify anything, these issues. Any, anything I could do, yeah, and, and not only identify them, but but bring bring current events to light because I think that's the best way for a candidate to remain, you know, smart. Um, and objective, and and basically you, you 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 enable yourself to sound smart in front of the cameras by not saying the same things that we heard before. It's like in a recent New York Times study, in a recent Yale University poll, it shows this. Those are things that typically people who are not involved in that part of the science they rely on you know, little tidbits here and there that their staff developed six months ago, and they think it still mm-hmm. works, but, but staying up on the science. And matter of fact, I was just going through some email this morning, um, it, and it usually begins with this. Good, good morning, Professor DeMaio. I just wanted to say how much, and how much fun I had in the semester that we just finished, all your different little things that you would talk about in the articles. And by the way, is there a chance you could butt me up from a B plus to an A minus? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I always love those. It's like it was, if you would say that to me back in November, I'd probably be a little bit more you know, willing to do that. But uh, you know, at, at least at least the student is trying, and I understand that. But in the world today that we have, that doesn't now work. Nope, nope. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I, I totally get it. Yeah. Well, and be careful what you say about the stuff like that here, because we got a potential congressperson yep. in the room, and we don't want her being accused of. Uh, favoritism or anything hey by the way real quick i just want to give a shout out because i got a uh, an email from tina robinson she says hey there mike novak this is your loyal listener supporter in los angeles uh, she wanted to say i love your show and your fire and your politics then she goes on to bash donald trump for a couple of lines (laughs) and and then she says (laughs) and and, uh, uh she says keep doing what you do mike happy holidays so i wanted to give a shout out to uh, tina there in uh la and 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 if is listening, you know, there's been a little bit of the, uh, you know, re- recovery of, of the fires in the last couple of days, uh, but there's another Santa Ana event that's probably going to start mm. taking place there late tonight and tomorrow, so whatever they don't have done, or at least um, uh, contained, is probably going to begin to light up a little bit, and this one appears to be a little bit stronger than the last one, and they actually pushed the fire a little bit further south. We had actually a lot of luck out there where the fire was actually moving into areas where you did not have a lot of populated um, you know, areas. It was, it was basically more so in the mountainous region. Notice, as bad as the fire was, you didn't see the devastation that you had out in there in Santa Rosa back in early in the year. So, what are we? We got like a minute here. What do we got uh, coming yeah. on in uh, Chicago? Uh, <laughs> I, I actually did a bike ride yesterday. I'm like, it's Sunday. I mean, it's Sunday. It's Saturday. It's sunny and it's 48 degrees. So I went for a bike ride yesterday. Clouds thickened up today. We'll get back into the mid 40s tomorrow. So upper 30s today. Mid-40s tomorrow, maybe a little bit of rain tomorrow. I was just looking at the numerical models for the extended, and it does appear that this next storm system goes west of us on Thursday. So we can easily see temperatures in the 40s with rain on Thursday, but then much, much colder for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And even though it's green out there right now, we could see a white Christmas around here next week. Uh, We sure hope so. I want to thank uh, Whitney and Beth and Adam, and until next week, go green or... Go home. Sadler? Uh, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. Alan, How'd you like it? Alan! I don't Alan, know. I slept Alan, through the whole thing. Alan! Well, you Ow. didn't miss much. Alan! Alan! Alan!